there's an entire community that's backing you up. And I may not have received financial help and like a trust fund or anything like that, but I received tons of love and encouragement and support. And so my success is not only my success, but it's everybody's success. And I think when you when you look at us from a cultural perspective, that's also how it works, right? One thrives, we all thrive. And, and that's the beautiful thing about creating wealth is that building for Latinas. I am your host, Lucy King, Latina money, business coach, speaker, and first-gen investor on a mission to teach Latinas how to stop overworking and learn their money story and start building wealth. Mujeres, welcome back to Say Hola Wealth podcast. I am so excited to have my first guest, for this episode. Her name is Cynthia Diaz. Cynthia Diaz is the owner and founder of Financial Space. She is a financial educator and coach. And as a first-gen investor, she understands how important financial education is for our communities to thrive. Financial Space provides equitable and inclusive financial education to first community. Hello, Cynthia. Welcome to Say Hola Wealth Podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, Lucy. Oh, doing well. It's so good to be here and I'm excited. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I wanted to bring you to Say Hola Wealth Podcast to talk about why building wealth as a first-gen Latina matters. But before we jump into that, I want to ask you about your money story and how did you grow up? Yeah, well, goodness, I am a first-gen Latina, a very humble beginning. So I grew up in a single family household. Um, you know, obviously money was always a stressor. And I think growing up and seeing that was definitely for me a motivator to, to push myself and focus on my education. Um, so yeah, so I, I focused on my studies. Um, I was the first one to graduate from high school, to go off to college, um, get my master's degree. And so all of that, I think, really stemmed, though, from the fact that I saw how hard my mom worked. I saw how challenging it was to you know, overcome all of that financial stress. So I think that's, I, I dove into to my studies. And then, you know, as I went off to college and, and got a nice paying job, I realized, gosh, I don't really know anything about money. Like no one's talked to me about money. How is it that I am now, a gra I have a master's degree. How is it that I don't know how to build wealth? I don't know what I need to buy a house to invest, any of that. And so for me, I think that was really eye-opening and seeing goodness, like, wow, I, I've gone on this long journey and I have had no outreach uh, or people that I know that talk about these things. So um, it's, that's been very enlightening for me. Thank you so much for sharing that. I just want to point out for, for the listeners, for the Lisa Mujeres, that what led you to become an investor was the fact that you got curious, right? That you start questioning that why is it that I've done everything 
right? Mm-hmm. Like I've got, I've gone through high school. I have a career. I'm a professional. Mm-hmm. But why is it that I'm still not building well? So I love, love your answer because curiosity can definitely change people's life. And I mean, it's your proof of that. So thank you for sharing that again. Can you give us an example of a money limiting belief that you had growing up that you have to unlearn over the years? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, there's many. <laughs> I'll be very honest. Uh, goodness. When you grow up in poverty, you develop a lot of these ideas about what money is, um, what it can do for you. And um, I think for me specifically, and, and I'll just you know share a personal anecdote, but my mom used to be a housekeeper. So I actually used to go with her to clean houses. And obviously all of the houses that we cleaned were Caucasian people. So for me, I grew up correlating this idea that money was for white people. Money was not for people that look like us because we were obviously in a position where we were there cleaning their homes. And so I think that for me, just at a very young age, created this idea that money wasn't for me. Money wasn't people that look like me. Um, And I have to say it even created this. And these are things that I've had to work through in therapy, but definitely created these ideas of, of feeling less than because I don't have a lot of money or I don't have money. I'm less than I'm the help. And so um, I think as I got older, I think that also just kind of played into, even though I was, you know, an educator, I had my career. I just always assumed, well, money's not for me. I may have a career. I may be educated. I may, but, but it's not for me. It's not for people like me. And I think that led to really me, um, I, I think that that also created this idea that, well, I don't need to be a millionaire. I don't need that. And so, but because I had all these misconceptions about what money was and none of it tied into who I was, but I had to really break that apart to really unlearn that, to figure out actually money is for people like me. I can be a millionaire. And just because I want to be a millionaire doesn't mean I have to correlate that with excess, with riches, with things of that nature. Like being a millionaire for me can mean freedom, can mean being able to take care of the people around me, can mean taking care of my community. And those are all things that I never associated with this idea of of having money or being a millionaire. And, And that's partly because of how I grew up and what I saw. So those are so many blocks that I've had to kind of remove. And I've had to constantly reassure myself and say, nope, you are deserving of wealth. Wealth is for you. Even though the system may not have been designed for you, you still belong in the system. And that's something that I I try to really talk to other um, females of color about, because I know specifically for us, that can be a big thing. Yeah, what a powerful answer, Cynthia. Thank you for thank you for being so humble. And definitely when when we don't see ourselves represented in the finance industry or even represented in what we believe is wealth, it's so easier for us to say, that's not for me, right? I'm just gonna keep doing what I know. I'm gonna keep playing it safe. And your answer. It's powerful. And today, actually, I I created a post that reads, wealth is female and Latina. Because just like you, I don't see, uh, I didn't see myself as someone who could become a wealthy person. Mm -hmm. 
right? And so I love, I love the answer that you've given me. I hope you guys, uh, I hope that our mujeres are inspired by your answer because I'm like, wow, this is so amazing. So you are the founder of Financial Space. And I want to ask you, why do you do what you do? Why do you feel the need to not only launch your business, but also talk about money conversations and now being comfortable sharing your own money story? Uh, you know, honestly, um, I think I it, it really stems from my experience, but then seeing just how powerful um, investing for me changed in my life. Like I, I feel like once I learned the power of investing, it's, I feel like a light bulb went on and, and really I, I discovered the power of investing. It was because I, I never knew before that I could invest. Like I said, I was in my career and I realized should I be buying a home? And I just ended up asking a coworker, like I have some savings. What do I do with it? And really it was this coworker that inspired the whole idea of investing. But once I began contributing once I learned how it worked and I saw that my money was working for me. I, that was like such a mind blowing concept that I don't have to work for every penny. And, and I say this because when you come from immigrant parents, right. And I still, and I, I allude even to my grandmother who's retired, quote unquote retired, but she's still doing jobs here. I've, I grew up with this idea that I was going to have to work till I was old, right? You, you come to this country, work really, really hard, and you're just going to work forever. And you work for every penny, for every penny. No one gives you anything like you work for everything. So to watch the, my accounts in the stock market actually grow without me having to do additional work was like, wait, what? This is helping me grow my money. It was mind blowing. So once I had that light bulb moment, it really became this thing of why doesn't everybody know this? Why didn't I know this earlier? Oh my God, I get got to get this word out. I need to talk to others about this. Um, this needs to be, you know, talked about in schools. And then that led me down this road of, okay, I, at that moment I was working with, with high schoolers and I started teaching it to them, developing my own curriculum. And then that morphed into family members and friends and, and the conversation is just happening more and more where I realized, wow, I, this is really where my passion is. And I want to make sure that everybody has access to this information because I felt that I never had access to this, this information. I, I don't come from a family of wealth. And really, I think if it hadn't been for my coworker who had kind of thrown a bone at me and said, investing, I don't know if I would have found it. I, and I'm being completely honest because Nobody in my community or in my circle talks about this. Everyone talks about saving, right? And the importance of saving, but nobody tells you to invest your money. And I think there's also this fear, of course, because, you know, it is risky. So um, for me, really financial space was, was, I designed it to be inclusive. I wanted it to be for everybody, regardless of your income, your background, um, I didn't want there to be any barriers to access to this information. And really it was me just wanting everyone to know how powerful um, investing can be and, and how we don't have to work so hard for our money. Like we can put our money to work and, um, but it's just knowing, knowing the information. Thank you, Cynthia. Mujeres, I hope you're listening to Cynthia because she just gave us two powerful lessons about how 
it is that she was able to become an investor. So she admitted to a coworker that she didn't know what to do with her money, which in my opinion, I believe that we're often just so secretive about what we do with our money, right? But when we open to conversations like this, like Cynthia going to a coworker and saying like, hey, I have some savings, but I don't know what to do with it. Like admitting that we don't have all the answers is essentially what led Cynthia into the investment world. Admitting that she didn't know that she doesn't need to know everything. That's how she was able to connect with her coworker and she was able to say, what about investing? And I love that you said that you didn't believe that it was so easy to make money through investing because I had to put myself in the same shoes where I decided to open an investment account and I will watch it. I will watch it every month. I will watch it every two months <laughs> because I honestly thought this is way too easy. Yeah. There is no way that someone like me could make passive income and have all this money by doing nothing so we have so many things in common and I want to walk you through the next uh, the next topic that we're going to cover and really the reason why I invited you to be part of this podcast is because I want you to I, we want to go to school with Cynthia so Tell us in your opinion, why building wealth um, as a first-gen Latina matters and why should the Bici Mujeres really dive into investing? Ah, my goodness, I feel like we've been kept out of this system for so long. And I, it's a form of empowerment. I mean, it's a form of protection. Um, and it really, I, I mean, I just think Latinas are beautiful and strong and we can do anything, but um, investing just one, it protects us from anything that can happen. It helps, allows us to protect our family, but there's so much that we can do to impact our communities too, if we can begin investing. Um, and, you know, a lot tends to fall on women on our shoulders for us to take on. Um, and so, if we can adopt this model of investing and have the stock market help us build that wealth, I mean, we don't have to work that hard for it. Um, and then too, I just think representation, it goes back to that. Like we need to see more women investors. We need to see more women talking about money. We need to normalize this idea of wealthy Latinas. Like it's, it's not a thing. And, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's been a long road getting to where we're at, but to me, the beautiful thing is seeing other strong Latinas building wealth, encouraging others, encouraging other generations. And I mean, I, I think truly that's how we're going to be able to create change in our communities. It really begins with us. Like I, I, I don't believe in relying on the system to change these things. I think we have to kind of take things into our own hands and do the little bit that we can, but Investing is so impactful. I mean, it, it really, it's a, it's a lovely thing. So if you have not had the opportunity to learn about it, um, I highly recommend that you, you seek some help, you educate yourself, um, just because it, it's not only going to positively impact you, your family, your children, generations to come, but also the community around you. Absolutely. And I'm like drooling. Because talking about investing and building wealth for us, it's like 
having like a really good chisme, right? With, with yeah. our family, like we all love chisme. I, I know that the busy mujer is listening, love chisme. I love chisme too. But the chisme about investing feels so much different because when we learn something that is going to benefit us, we always go back and talk to our sister, to our younger brother, to the vecina, right? Like we're always like, hey, I learned about this. And so I want the mujeres to just imagine the impact that they will have once they learn how to invest. They're not just changing their life. They're changing their family, their community, right? And when we make more money, when we are the wealthy and healthy and happy Latinas that we are meant to be, we have the ability to just give back to our community. Absolutely. 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 And that's, and that's what it really comes to. You know, I, I think I, I posted something on Instagram about that, about how I don't, I don't believe we're, we're self-made millionaires. Like, I think, especially when you come from the Latino community, there's an entire community that's backing you up. And I may not have received financial help and like a trust fund or anything like that, but I received tons of love and encouragement and support and so my success is not only my success, but it's everybody's success. And I think when you when you look at us from a cultural perspective, that's also how it works, right? One thrives, we all thrive. And, and that's the beautiful thing about creating wealth is that it's not only for you. I mean, we, we, we have the opportunity to just change so many lives of the people around us. Um, and I think that's what it's really about. Yeah, I mean, Abby, when we started this conversation, um, you let me know that you are now teaching in colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. So what an impactful way to, to give back to our community, right? To serve and be in a room talking about finances with people that look like you, right? But also the impact of them watching Cynthia talk about investing because- Let's be honest, the finance industry is underrepresented by, by Latinos. And, and so we need to be those voices that say, hey, it's okay for you to invest. It's okay for you to even put yourself first before you do anything else. And that brings me back to my next question. When you and I started this conversation, you talked about um, therapy that you have being able to unlearn just like I have so many unwelcome money beliefs money trauma that we had growing up and in my opinion I think that everyone should go to therapy because it helps us heal faster right but for someone that needs to needs needs that help in terms of like I have some money money struggles that I just can't get over it. Like it's hard for me to start making the budget. It's hard for me to even think about looking at my finances. What would you say to that busy mujer who is struggling right now? Yeah, you know, I, I think it, it does take some reflection and some looking inward. And, um, you know, our, our money mindset plays such a huge role in how we interact with money and the relationship that we have with money. And I'm very open about talking how, about how for me, I mean, therapy keeps me sane, but there's a lot of childhood trauma there that was there, especially for a person like me that grew up in poverty. 
um, seeing the, the stress and, and living in a, you know, a childhood full of a, a stressful home where there was, there was no money, you know, obviously, you know, we use food stamps. I mean, to see all of those things, they do play a role in, in how I interacted and saw money later on in my adult years. I never really saw the correlation. What's interesting is that you grow up that way. And it's like, well, I grew up that way. That's what it was. But it wasn't until my later years that I realized, wow, I kind of, you know, some of my behaviors, I think, are, are reactions to what I experienced as a child that I don't really think I ever processed or thought about. I, I thought that was just my spending habits or how I interacted with money. But um, if there's anyone in a, in a position that's, that's struggling or, or finding it challenging, I, I do recommend that you kind of take a step back to reflect on where some of that um, behavior may be coming from. Um, and, you know, for some people, it's easier to work through that. Um, I know there's some great coaches. I know, Lucy, you're a great money mindset coach. Um, but if you find that, you know, it's still a challenge. I mean, for me personally, um, going to therapy and talking about some of those issues, they were actually creating blocks for me. Um, and once I was able to kind of work through some of that stuff and release it, I was able to come back and have a, also a different relationship with money, which I think has just really helped me. So going from this scarcity mindset to this abundance mindset requires some, some work. So, it, you know, it's not an overnight thing. It requires some work, some looking at some discomfort, but I can share with you that once you're able to kind of work through that, it's, you, you end up in a whole different place, which is a very cool place. Yeah, absolutely. I think growth takes time. And I, I mean, you are going, you're still going to therapy. I am still going to therapy because I realized that a lot of my money beliefs, just like you were holding me back from even earning my potential, right? Like I had all these beliefs that I, I needed to be just comfortable with making the minimum that I should be thankful and grateful for having a job. And I didn't realize that my money beliefs is what kept me from being underpaid for, um, I was underpaid for almost two decades. And it wasn't until I was away from that corporate life that I started diving into, why am I doing this, right? Like the questioning that, why is it hard for me to earn more money? Why is it that I don't see myself as someone who can start creating wealth? And through that process, I've been able to unlearn a lot of things. And um, some of those things are the things that I teach my clients on. But as we continue to, to have more money, to earn more money, as we continue to watch our portfolios grow, right? Like we were like, wow, yesterday I had 100. This year I have 200. We continue to have that anxiety around money and even the money blockers that come back right and so as we continue to grow and level up in our life in our finances we will continue to feel that way mm. that's mm. why it's so important that we understand that seeking help for us and for anybody that is listening it's okay and I think that that should be normalized as well absolutely gonna agree with you more <laughs> If yeah, for someone who wants to start investing um, and has a nine to five job, what is the best way to start investing for them? Yeah, well, you know, I, I find that there's so much information out there and I, I get it. It can be so overwhelming for, for people nowadays. I know for me, I'm a little bit older. I, I don't recall having access to this much information when I was younger. Like now we it didn't, all, amiga. We did it, right? Okay. I got okay, good. We didn't. Um, it wasn't 
everywhere the way it is now. And I, I, I can see how that can be a good thing and a bad thing because, you know, too much information can also be overwhelming. So I like to tell folks to um, keep it easy. If you currently um, have a job that offers you a 401k, 403b, 457, Roth, whatever type of employer-sponsored account, start there. Um, I think there's this huge misconception too that, um, you know, you're not an investor if you're investing in your work companies, like people don't realize, no, you're an investor, like whatever you're contributing into your retirement account, that's being invested in the markets. So if you're already contributing to your employer sponsored account, amazing, congratulations, you are an investor. So continue doing that. <laughs> you're, you're doing great. Um, I want to say in general, you want to shoot for 10 to 15%. Um, that's that's the, the the standard, and if you're there, you know, trying to increase by one percent every year. I mean, that's or every time you get a raise. But let's say hypothetically, you have you're already contributing at work and at least to the match. And um, I always say contribute at least to the match. And if you're eligible for, then the second type of account is a Roth IRA that you can open up on your own. You do this by researching brokerages. Um, some of my favorites. Um, personal favorites that I use. I mean, I use Vanguard. I use Fidelity. Um, I have an Ameritrade account. Um, and everyone's different. Everyone's going to, you know, go, go to different brokerages that they may like for different reasons. Um, but this is where, you know, a Roth IRA is a great type of account to open up. Um, you know, when you open it, you fund it. And then this is where the fun part in terms of um, adding um, investments comes into play. So I, I do recommend, though, that if you are going to um, start on your own and open up your own account, that you. I'm so sorry about that. You're fine. This is part of the of the fun that we have when we record the podcast. Sorry. I don't know what the hell that was. Um, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't even know what I was talking about. We were talking about the Roth and how you oh, recommend yes. that yes, people yes, yes. research. Yeah. So, um, so my recommendation, if you're already investing at work, is that you know uh, if you're eligible, you can go ahead and open up a Roth IRA. Um, that's a, a great account where um, you know you don't pay uh, taxes in retirement, you let that account grow tax-free. So just make sure that you do a little bit of research on what are called index funds. Um, you know, if you follow some great finance people, you know, we're definitely putting information out there on, on index funds. Uh, those are a great place to start. Um, yeah, and you know, just, I, I recommend, um, uh, Lucy's uh, Instagram is great for information. I mean, I also have a, a lot of information on mine, but I think the key is to keep it simple. So start with work. If you're already investing at work and if you're eligible, a Roth IRA account that you open yourself is great. And then I think it's just a matter of deciding what you want to buy. And I know that's probably the hardest for folks that have never invested before, but if you're new, I always say research some index funds. Index funds are a great place to start. Um, and even for seasoned investors, they're a great place. Absolutely. And earlier you said that the goal is for people to contribute 10 to 15% of their earnings. But mm -hmm. I just want to say that the mujeres that are listening don't have to start at a 10%. Oh. Like even if you start at a 1%, and then you slowly move into two, three, five. 
that's okay. Like yeah. the 10 to 15% is what's recommended, but it's okay if you don't start like that. It's okay for you to do the 1%. And I love that you said that people should contribute whenever they have a pay increase because that money essentially is being put into work for, for them at a, at a later time. And I also want to say that some of the mujeres uh, might not realize that by saving money for the future, they are spending their money. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say, well, I don't want to invest because I want to spend my money now. Yeah. It's like, well, you are spending your money by saving your money yes. <laughs> because you're going to need it at a later time. And thank you for the recommendations for the accounts that you give us. Uh, both of us share the same um, values when it comes to teaching our community um, where to invest and how to invest. And so that was a key factor for me to bring you to the podcast. And for people that don't know, Cynthia is one of my friends. So <laughs> we, we share a lot of the same values and, and, I, and I admire you. And I just want to say that the information that you're putting out there for people to learn about index funds is so, it's perfect. It's spot on not only with the information that you put, but actually the graphics that you do, the graphics that you create to give people a visual representation of what you're talking about. I've, I've told you this before, like it is just perfect. And oh, I love it so much. Thank you, you're so sweet. Well, you know, that's the educator background in me. Um, I think, like I said, uh, working with, with high school students and, uh, trying to teach them about the stock market and what index funds were and mutual funds and the differences. I had to get really creative in terms of how do I teach this to a 13 year old? And, um, but in essence, we're all, this is so foreign to us. I mean, honestly, even when I started this, I would have wished I would have found material that was for a 13 year old because I would have gravitated towards it because as it is, this stuff can be so overwhelming and confusing and rightly so it's new to us. This is, you know, we're, we're, we're adults that are hearing this information for the first time. So of course it's going to be um, kind of daunting. And so I just, you know, I want to add, if you feel overwhelmed at any point or confused, you're not alone. It, it, it's definitely a part of a process, um, but surround yourself with, with people that are talking about money. So follow accounts um, of, um, you know, beautiful, strong women that are are, are talking about money. Um, that's how Lucy and I actually became, we were, we're Instagram buddies. Uh, we yes. started talking about money and our, our first uh, session was uh, talking about money on, um, what was it? What was the budgeting, app? budgeting me. Yeah. And um, so surround yourself with people that have the same values and that are talking about these things because you, you have so much to learn from each other. And so um, thank you so much for, for that feedback on my, on my graphics. I'm definitely thinking of- um, I love them so much. So for those mujeres that just love this conversation, Cynthia, how can people find you? Yeah, well, people can find me on Instagram at um, uh, Financial Space. Uh, that's, that's my Instagram. I think I'm, I'm most active there. You can go to my website, of course, uh, financial-space.com and- that's where I have um, all of my services. Um, 
I do um, teach uh, financial education workshops to the community. I have a couple partnerships with different universities and in different high school programs. And so that's um, where I spend the bulk of my time. Um, but yeah, Lucy and I are going to try to continue working on, on some projects uh, in the future. So I'm, I'm excited about that. So hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll have another uh, masterclass coming, coming your way soon, I hope, this year. <laughs> yes, we will. Yes, we will. And I, I just want to plug in one more thing. For those people that have a mastermind, or are part a, of an organization, they can also hire you. Yeah. So you can come and speak um, inside their mastermind or their corporation. Like Cynthia is amazing. And so she does uh, speaking engagements as well. I just wanted to oh, kind of help so you <laughs> with that. Thank you. <laughs> and before I let you go, and before we finish this conversation, I always ask my guests, what is your definition of wealth? Oh, I love that question. My definition of wealth is, is expansion, is freedom, um, is community. It's, yeah, it's, it's all of those things, uh, I have to say. I, I mean, honestly, when I think about on the long days as an entrepreneur, I'm working on my business and I'm thinking, yeah, I want to grow my business and why I want to create wealth. Why do I want to create wealth? I honestly, the people that come into my mind are my grandma, my brothers. I think about, you know, if, if I have children, I, I would love to leave them something. And then I think, well, if I don't have children, who would inherit this? And I think, well, my community, there's causes that I care about. So it's that. a really lovely thing to think about money, not being about me because I feel I have everything I need. I, I, I have, I, I, I don't need more, but when I think about the impact you can have on the people that I love or ideas that I have for the community, that is like a huge motivator. So um, yeah, community and just freedom, expansion, growth, all of that. That's what I think about when I think about love. I love it. I love it. And with that, we will leave you mujeres. But again, don't forget to follow Cynthia on Financial Space. And I will be adding her handle on the show notes. So please give her a follow, show her some love. And Cynthia, thank you so much. I feel like I just went to money church with you and I feel so happy right now. Just <laughs> feeling like there is enough money in the whole wide world for all of us. So thank you so much for coming to Say Hola Wealth Podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, everyone. Thank you so much. And um, please reach out. I mean, we, we thrive in community. So if you need help, I mean, for those of us that have been doing this for a minute, we're here to help. We're here to serve you. Um, so thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Cynthia. Mujeres, thank you. Mujeres, thank you so much for listening to Say Hola Wealth Podcast. If you found value, by listening to this podcast don't forget to share it with your amigas your friends your familia and don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified when the next episode releases and if you are on social media come say hola to us we would love to chat with you you can find us on instagram under at viva la budget and finance and if you are ready to start taking care of your finances and your dinero i will love to invite you to apply to work with me by simply clicking on the show notes and again thank you for listening